The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, what are we drinking today? Well, we're having a classic margarita on the rocks. Of course we are. So I start out by mixing one tablespoon of sugar, granulated sugar, and one tablespoon of kosher salt, mix it together in a little bowl, and then I grate the whole rind of a lime. And then I toss it in that sugar salt mix. And then nice. I lay that on a plate because that'll be my dipping glass. So then I fill two pints full of ice. And to make one drink, you add two ounces of tequila. And we use 1800. One ounce of triple sec. Three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup and three quarters of an ounce of lime juice. And then what you have to do is you have to taste it to see if it gets there. Now, I'm curious how these turned out because I'd added one other ingredient. And I want you to see if you could tell me what oh, it is. Interesting. The salt and the lime is so powerful. Grand Marnier? Close. I added a quarter ounce of peach schnapps. Mm. I think the peach has a sweetness to it, it in a it certain way where it rounds it out. This doesn't this tastes like a lime margarita, but it does. the peach tones down some of that lime it's got, it's that's out of hint. season. A fruity sweetness mm-hmm. at the end. And you can't figure out where it is, but it's no. like, hey, it's tropical. Yeah, That's yeah, what's yeah. supposed to happen. <laughs> Excellent. Well, with carne asada coming up for dinner, this yes, is perfect. Yes, it's perfect. The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Slub USA, the world's strongest, most powerful male masturbator. Visit Slub USA at slub, S-L-U-B-B dash USA dot com. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder dot app. Okay, so Lessons of Chemistry, episode seven. Yes. And there's like a lot of time warp in this episode. Right. Starts in 1930. So at the beginning of Kelvin's growing experience in the Catholic school. Yeah. And you're witness to his experience of being in a classroom of boys and a family comes in and they take a boy away and all the kids are sort of like dealing with this. There's a lot of trauma going on in that room about not being picked or whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, you even see him 
so far as the nun is writing on the board some scripture and he's instead in the middle of his scripture book he's opening up a chemistry pamphlet yeah and so and then it jumps distracted well a little bit yeah and it jumps to why he's distracted because he's basically running the still that the priest is using to generate revenue illegally like child labor (laughs) not prohibition yeah prohibition (laughs) child labor yeah not like it but is and he actually you know, it gets to a point in this scene someplace where he denies Calvin the idea that he is worth something Yeah. based on the still. And Calvin is like using science to build this still. So yeah. it's chemistry. Come on. Total it's chemistry. right in there. Yeah. And we see a scene where a gentleman comes to the school and there's a sense that Calvin has that this guy's there for him. He doesn't yeah. know. I don't know. And but I don't he, know when I, when I watched that scene, I thought, is that hopeful thinking? Because I, think wishful thinking. I yeah. definitely yeah. think people go through that and they totally. feel profoundly moved by it. Yeah. And but he confronts the Cardinal about it in the hallway. Yeah. Cause the Cardinal says, Hey, the reason I'm not giving you chores, daily right. chores is we're so pleased with what you've done with the still basically. Yeah, meantime, he's turning this thing into like a high profit enterprise. Right. <laughs> yeah. And Calvin's more concerned about who the guy was that came in the limo, right. they all said today. And he said, well, yeah, but he asked about you, but you know, he doesn't want you. That's the he, first he thing him. he said out of his mouth. Can you even imagine someone of the clergy what a terrible who takes force. that oath? Oh my who God. Actually, the first thing they said is he doesn't want you. And that was not the conversation At whatsoever. All. And then you see Jumps the hyper warp yeah. to where Calvin is at Hastings now. And he's got some notoriety at this point. And there's reporters that want to take pictures and interview during lab time and calvin's got like there's all these other chemists doing their own labs and they're all talking and it's loud and calvin's like i just need my own space basically he demands it basically freaking out yeah and they give him his own space yeah the dean or the whoever's in charge of hastings said by the time you're back from your vacation everything will be in place yeah and the reason, of course, that that happens is because Calvin's got some notoriety. He's been on yeah. the cover of Time Magazine. He's he, he won the he won a, a grant award. Yes, yes. Yeah. Anyway, so then we go on, and he's let he, he's in a lecture. He actually gives a lecture at, at Harvard. At Harvard, and sitting in the lecture theater is this young black man who is in seminary school. Right. And they begin a pen pal dialogue. Like a conversation it's about actually, being. It's actually, it's actually a great conversation that takes place between them over years and years. Uh-huh. And they're examining from the this young preacher's perspective, the justification for believing in God. And right. from Calvin's perspective, the justification for not believing in God, but they're having a conversation about it. And they're actually having an ongoing. And then what's interesting is in the episode, they actually start asking questions of one another because they've been corresponding for so long about their personal lives. So they find more relatedness, which is critical when you're having a discussion about two things that are on two ends of the spectrum. Part of the way you can get to common ground or see understanding, greater understanding, is to find relatedness somewhere between the two polar opposites Perspectives, yeah. and the way they do that as humans is they find relatedness in their beingness as just 
humans, not oh, they're concepts. Both, they're both curious. I think the way that he put it was something to the effect of, you know, there's an interest in knowing and we both ask questions. And that's how we are related. We ask questions of each other right. and we contemplate what the other says. We ask questions, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's, honestly, if you look at our relationship mm -hmm. over the course of time, that's a very sapio experience, right? It's, a, very. It, it's an intellectual interaction around I said that during curiosity. the film. I said, yeah. he's getting his sapio fill right now. Exactly, right. Right. Yeah, so then the scene jumps ahead again. Now he's at Hastings and... And he's just started and he's just moved into a black neighborhood. He actually has, right, exactly. Yeah. And, and like he's a scientist, so he's done the math. He's 5.2 miles from Hastings, so he knows... So he can run there. He can yeah. run to work and run home and right. get his physical activity done yeah. as part of his day, which is, at this point in the 50s, this is like... Highly unusual. Highly yeah. unusual. Unusual behavior. Yeah. So the neighbors come over to welcome into the neighborhood, so assuming he's black because they right. hear... Cole Porter. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he's good, good stuff. We yeah. got to meet him. And this is Harriet and her husband. And they're knocking on the door, listening to the music and what, thinking there's a black dude in there. And he peers through the window. The, the husband peers through the window. The husband through the window. And he sees Kelvin like, doing what convulsively Kelvin shaking. <laughs> It's yeah. not dancing. It's convulsively, it's convulsively shaky. shaky right? <laughs> but anyway, he invites them in and they get into a conversation. And the important moment in the scene is when they share who they are credentially wise. Yes. And, you know, I'm a chemist, you're a doctor. She says, Harriet says, I'm a legal aide. Which is probably her official title at that time during the civil rights movement. Yeah, but, but she she's, has, she's she a, has lawyer. a law degree, right? She's exactly. a law degree. She a law, so. Probably is a lawyer. But he enrolls her in responding to all the mail he's getting. Oh, he, yeah. so he has no, like, anything about discrimination in his head at all. Right. He goes, oh, you're these people. That means you're these type of resources. Right. And he immediately, like, divulges on her all this mail that is weird about people thinking that he's their family member because he's won this award, this, this award, grant. Right. Yeah. And that some people are trying to get money out of him and that he's frustrated by yeah. all this yeah. input that yeah. he wants her to solve. Yeah. So she suggests maybe we'll get a cease and desist order. He goes, yes, I'd like them to cease and desist. Yeah. And so they become not just friends, but actually business colleagues. Like professional experience. partners. Yeah. Yeah. And so then we move on to where... The oh, minister so and him are having dialogues about life. And this is the relatedness I was talking about, that he was sharing, do you have anyone in your life? Basically, no, I'm not married. I'm married to my... To my work. Profession. Right. And then he talked about, you see scenes of the minister with his wife, and he says some profound things about community and about how you create connection. Right. Well, see, I think the important thing here is that we felt the rationale for doing the show as a review is because it lays deeply into the sapiosexual experience, right? Extremely. And so here are two men engaging with each other in a sapio context yep. around the existence of life. Their right. own inquiry right. that they're actually having together, even though one is this extremely religious person, one's, one's this extremely scientific, scientific person, yeah. right? And what's coincidental is that he's planning to relocate. And he's sharing this with Kelvin that his plan to relocate is to move to where Kelvin is located. Yeah, and maybe yeah. we can get together, yeah. you know, which is an interesting concept because they've been writing as pen pals for years. And then the next scene, you see Calvin considering what was said about building community, which means finding a partner, right? right. Is out on dates on with date. random people, <laughs> right? And you see them go horribly wrong because of his 
sapiosexuality. Well, he's a sapiosexual and he's with a woman who's totally into looking good, right? He's with her and she's right. talking about, I got this beautiful dress and D- such a coincidence. She's searching for compliments. Somebody else here, right, exactly. And then he says something clever, which I thought was clever because I'm an intellectual. And I was like, that's clever. That would have turned me on. And then she she's said, like totally turned off, but like, I that's know. really resourceful. Yeah. <laughs> like, like basically you shouldn't have said that this now. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty funny because Kelvin's really lost in his idea of what relationship is. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, his minister friend is really conflicted by his father's illness. Yeah. And the fact that his father is choosing prayer over chemistry to treat him. And he's talking to a chemist and he's having this whole inquiry. He's having that. an inquiry on himself. Yeah, he's yeah. very frustrated. And so ultimately we end up with Kelvin out on the water and he's you rowing. see you're seeing the perspective of his rowing mm-hmm. and you know it really is his it's an ongoing conversation he's having with his friend but it's it's in the context of his exercise and exploring so we know about kelvin that he's a rower and a runner and this is who who he is in part and that's when you think about where he's spending his energy he's not in the lab he's rowing or running he's not really in relationship and then he but he has elizabeth in his lab and so now all of a sudden... Now there's relationship. There's relationship. And right? as, so now she's began to consume all his time. And at the same time, while he's having these conversations of consuming time, he's meeting with the mind of the minister, his friend, his pen pal, and finding out that his dad has now just accepted treatment right. and is willing to take the next pep. And it, what struck me at that moment when I heard that was that, you know, when it comes down to the nitty gritty, like survival is a major pull for people it's, it's true, yeah. and that Calvin's reading about this and then chooses to live into his life probably for the first time ever. And he yeah. awkwardly walks into a jewelry store and, you know, the salesperson is the salesperson. They're right. trying to sell you a ring. And he says his first statement, like she's the most incredible woman. So she goes to the biggest carrot diamond ring in the store and he sees it. And it's not about the price because he doesn't even know what the price is right now, but that it's gaudy and it's not, doesn't replicate her. Right. And then he gives her some more words well, to express about, her. Yeah, he speaks in a really beautiful way about how she occurs to him. Yes. Right? And the way she occurs to him is she's simple, but not simple, but actually prefers simplicity and that, you know, she's bright and so on. So it needs to be complex, but yet but simplistic simple, right, yeah. and practical. And so then he apologizes kind of because he's speaking out loud without yeah. really knowing it. And the salesperson's like, no, no, I get it. It, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. you know, you have to imagine like most women, because we have more words than men, even if you're not a demi sexual, as you start to hear a guy talk like this in the store, you're selling me, you, the reason you say, no, no, I know what you want yeah. is because you fucking know what they He's want communicated. because right. that is <laughs> what every woman hopes for. And so yeah. then she goes and finds this demure ring that's beautiful and it has the most facets. So it's the most complex. Yeah. It's a small and, ring. It's a small diamond, but it's pure. But it's pure, the purest diamond they have in the yeah. most facets. Yeah. And that's she knew she the most her. expensive ring and she knew the most valuable ring. Exactly. And she shows him the most valuable and he's like, that's it. Yeah. And it's just a it's yeah. pretty amazing process. What happens next is that the movie jumps to where they're having their Christmas meal. Yes. 
And it's really an experience in that meal of like their pure connection. Like, and you see a series of scenes after that that relate to their pure connection as a loving couple. Mm-hmm. It's like the fulfillment of their love in a sapio demi space that goes beyond all of like the minutia of it, just day to day. It totally reminds me of our yeah. relationship in a different tone, but they're because of generation, they're awkwardly moving in this space compared to us. Not that we were perfectly moving, but what I mean is it just is. They had a lot of social stigmas and I watch it move through and I think, yeah, those are the things we had to discuss, the awkward, weird things we had to discuss to get to a point where there's no space. Like all those things you think you shouldn't talk about, you should talk about. Yeah. Because they just create undue space in the conversation. And if you let those go, or at least you can resign to know your partner believes this, mm. you can then move forward with all this other stuff that is what really makes you close. And- well, that was really brought home by the next scene. In this particular series, we see a moment where in the lab, Kelvin gets this pile of mail from a mail courier who brings mm. it to him. And he freaks out at the courier. Yeah. He actually starts yelling and screaming at him. Yeah. And he concludes with a statement of, well, nobody thinks my work is important. And Elizabeth goes, okay, well, I'll let you go. I'll just, I'll just go. I'll just leave because you should be here with your important work. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's. Very that's confronting for him. Very confronting. She yeah. walks out. Yeah. And at the end of that experience. They he, meet at home again. Yeah, he and, gets home. And it's interesting because what he's embarrassed by is letting her see his. Really evil his side. tantrum, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. basically, and tantrum. that right. his humanness, and they're sapios, so it's kind of awkward a little bit the conversation. But what's great is they get to the point, and she says, "What I'm here to know is your real self. In essence, I want right. to know your authentic self because that's how I can be aligned with you. That's how I can be a support to you." But it also goes to the point that she's there beyond just the sex, right? No, this no, is of actually, course. She's there for him as a human being. Well, it has to be that yeah. because they're Debbie Sabios. It's always that. But, but she says to him, I don't really want to know about your temper tantrum. I want to know why you had a temper tantrum. Exactly. She's right. trying to find out how can I support you and help you. Yeah. And that in itself is like a huge loving act that he's never had. Right. As a child that lived alone in a foster system. Yeah. Right. And so that leads him to sharing about who he is. Which is huge, because that doesn't always happen. So that's huge. And then we see him writing a letter to his friend. His minister friend. His minister friend. Pen pal. And then after that, the dog comes and brings him the leash. Yep. And he takes the leash, and off he goes on a run, and boom, they're out. And that's the end of the conversation with Kelvin. Mm-hmm. And you know the show sort of ends with the well, like Calvin, that he mailed. Yeah, he Can put he... it in his outgoing mail, which yeah. we all identify with. It dates us a little bit, but yeah. basically, back in the day, you could leave your outgoing mail in your own mailbox and yeah. get to get the mail picked up, and probably you can still do that. You can still do yeah. that, but there's a, a lot of people don't even live in that experience, and I so know. they put it in a mail slot or right, a mailbox, exactly. right? And So then we see that, but we know the scene of the dog pulling on the leash as Calvin's trying to go across the street. We know he's hit by a bus. I was sorry that we got to relive that experience because that was a really brutal experience. It was hard. Yeah. But it does end up with the letter being returned because the letter goes to the Hastings. They stamp it at Hastings return to sender. 
we see it being received by, by the, the minister, minister which is it, profound because he's yeah. like, this is the first time I've ever gotten mail returned to me. And then the show ends with him the standing with Elizabeth because Maddie brings him home for dinner. Because they've been having this conversation about Calvin Yeah. because she goes to the choir practice and that happens to be the minister that's there. Yeah. In fact, that minister was at Calvin's funeral. Yeah. None of this relates to Elizabeth in any connection. No. Or... Maddie, right. right? But she invites him because they're on a quest to find her father. Well, and now there's a missing cog. This minister has this whole story. Yeah, he has a whole lot of mail that Kelvin had written. And, so and he shares see. it with Elizabeth. Yeah. Like, such a loving act of yeah. the words of your lost love. No, but I can imagine Elizabeth's mental state, too. She's like, I'm not sure I want people just, like, injecting themselves into Maddie's correct, life. You know? Correct, correct. So she's being a little defensive. But he was very generous, you know. And Maddie goes off and starts to sort the mail. And that's exactly what, you know, somebody who's interested in order would do. Right. And then he has a conversation with Elizabeth about that. And that leads Elizabeth to reconsider that maybe he's being a contribution. Yes. Right. And then he, she ends up at Hastings with Maddie. With Maddie to see to confront about. the priest. Yeah, to confront the priest. Yeah. And they confront the priest. The priest lies through his fucking teeth. Yeah, right? such a loser. He is such a horrible human being. But I think Elizabeth and Maddie both can read people yeah. really well. But, I think. But, you know, it was very disappointing because he denied that there was yeah. any records. He said they were burned. And, yeah. uh, and Maddie's just like freaked out. She's yeah. just like kicking the wall and yeah. like really upset. But she ends up in the library and Elizabeth finds her there. And they sit in the library and go through books. And Maddie's like, there has to be And he's like, been evidence. here, right? He's been here. That he's been here. Be and then they find a library they card where he checked card. out a book. Yeah. Because they knew him enough to go into the section of the library where he might have perused. And then they find it. Like, oh, how brilliant is that? Yeah. So then in the very last scene of the show, we see the person who came at the beginning of the episode to look for Kelvin at the house. Yeah, the guy in the limo. Yeah. And we see him as an older version of himself yep. in his office. And he says goodnight to his secretary. secretary. And they're at that particular organization, the Ramsford organization, whatever it is. They're stamping envelopes. Yeah, they're stamping envelopes. So we know we're in the same place because when Maddie and Elizabeth were in the library, she goes, it's not, all's not lost because we have a clue. And mm -hmm. this book was donated by the Ramsford organization. Mm -hmm. right? Sure. So we see him and he walks out and what we, what's left for us to look at on the shelf in his office is a framed picture, picture of the scientific journal for Cal Calvin when he won the Ramson Award. Yeah, he's on the cover. So there's like this whole sort of intrigue between this organization, Calvin, and Maddie's search and the priest. And the whole thing sort of is starting to come together. Yeah. And it has to because the next episode is the last episode. I think this yeah. was like the most torrential episode because we lost Calvin. And we oh. learned all this information of the past. And it was, I was just I was really, Yeah, I was really thrilled we got this episode because I felt that Kelvin's loss was like devastating to the yeah. show. Yeah. And then they showed him up again as a bit of a ghost. Right. But actually, to actually get into To get his closure life, here in this yeah. episode was, was profound. Because they didn't they kill him off in the, the second episode? It was like... Yeah, the second episode it was like crazy. the second episode or yeah. something. And we're like, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and now we're on episode seven and it's... Yeah. We got closure here. Yeah. But it's really great because you get to see Kelvin's inquiry as a young man. Yeah. Pursuing science, but had been conflicted with religion. And this religious young man 
pursuing religion but being conflicted by science mm-hmm. and the resolution of his dad who was dying of cancer, trying prayer, but then gets to choose chemistry. And then you get Maddie and Elizabeth in the space that they're in being inquisitive researchers, Maddie on this pursuit to find her dad. And we get the full circle of the priest who was a cunt at the beginning. And <laughs> it's still a cunt now. Yeah, he's just a horrible human being. And he hides behind his facade. Oh, yeah. But they find out anyway. I know. And they actually are getting closer and closer to the answer. So that's so that's Exciting. where this episode left. I just want to say about this series, and I'm effusive and ebullient about it, and I, I'm speaking from my heart. This is probably the best written, best photographed, best presented, best produced. This is probably the best TV series. I've ever seen that isn't like, in South Africa, we used to call it skit and donut, which is like shoot and kill kind of yeah, stuff. Right. It's like really a thoughtful yeah, as a dramatic yeah. representation, it's excellent. But it gets really into that demi-sapiosexual space, the, you like, know? And we're very aware of that now. So when we see it, it's like, own it, name it, yeah, yeah, so yeah. others can see it, because yeah. that's really what it is. For sure. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! cheers.